All right, so we're recording. We are recording. All right. Levels are good? Levels look kosher. Kosher? Kosher. Okay. Okay, I'll take kosher. I'll take kosher. All right. I don't I like think it. that donut was kosher. No, it certainly wasn't. No way that was kosher. But Garage Party Podcast, episode two. Here we episode are. Episode two. Episode two. Who would have thought we would have made He's it this even far? Got, huh? got it in a notebook. Yeah, I do. I wrote right at the top. GPP Ep2. No trying ep. to crack that code, huh? Ep. 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 Ep2. Who would have thought we would have made it this far, huh? It's always nice you think you're going to have a podcast. It's great. You get the first one out of the way. The real sustainability means getting at least two episodes under your belt. Is it? Probably not. Probably like 100 episodes would yeah. be real sustainability. Sounds, but sounds about right. You got to have two before you can have three. You got to have three before you can have 100. You're We're all, on the path. All, all straight facts. We're on the path. All straight facts. That's right. We're on the path. Not only is today Garage Party Podcast episode two recording day, and we're going to be posting this tonight, so I can give the date. Today is Friday, June 5th. Friday, June <laughs> 5th. Had to take a second to look at my iPhone there. I didn't know the day. You know, during this quarantine, you lose track of the days. Uh, Friday, June 5th, and we're going to be posting this tonight. Very exciting news since the last time that we came to you uh, in episode one, which we recorded uh, about three days ago. About yeah, I think three it was days on. ago. Mm, yeah, it was on Wednesday. Or some exciting news. Tuesday? We Tuesday. Tuesday, right? So some exciting news. We basically told you in the previous episode that we were going to try to be available on several streaming platforms. We just didn't know which ones it was going to be. We didn't know if it was going to be. Uh, we just wanted to make sure we didn't drop any names, just in case there were some bumps in the road. But all, for the most part, I want to say has gone smoothly. I think everything's gone. I think, yeah, I I don't think there's been one bump in the road. So you can find us pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on SoundCloud. And you can find us on YouTube. YouTube, obviously, we'll throw together. there's other places that you listen to podcasts and you can't get us on, I'll I'll figure out a way. Yeah, let us know. uh, We want to be everywhere. Yeah, let us know. GaragePartyPodcast at gmail.com if you want to get in contact with us. Also, you can... DM us straight on Instagram. Just slide right into our DMs and uh, let us know. Listen, I, I I can't hear you. So, although yeah. would they really be? They would know to DM us if they can't hear us. So that's kind of a moot point, that's right? A predicament. Yeah, it's catch twenty-two. Interesting. So I guess if you can't hear us on Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, or then iTunes, fuck you. Then you're out. <laughs> <laughs> you're just out. You're not going to hear the Garage Party podcast, which you know, teaches own. If if uh, that's not your thing, it's not your thing. But I think we've put ourselves out there on so many platforms. If you can't find us, then you're just you're out of luck. I recently just did the Google podcast to appease some of our Android using friends. Yeah, I don't know if I care for that too much. Hey, so what? Put it on Google Podcast. Can't the Android Google people Play? still get us on Spotify or YouTube or SoundCloud They're for all that hipsters, matter? You know, the only thing that the Android people are excluded from is the iTunes. Uh, right. Yeah. I guess you could have an Android but still have an iTunes account, though. Which, yeah, because people still get their music from iTunes on right. like, their computer, and then they put it on their phone or device and whatnot. So they yeah. still have right. iTunes. Well, all right. It's just some, some of these hipsters. Some of these hipsters, you know, they like to hold out. They don't want to join the modern world. Not not shouting out any uh, particular friend of ours with a name that starts with a P and ends with a L, with an A and the U in between, you know. <laughs> not not to mention any names. 
<laughs> did not want to join the it, iPhone it world. Has no small interest. Manano. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Getting comfy over here. Taking the shoes comfy. off. It's National it's Donut Day, two. Billy. It's, it's episode, episode two. two. We're get veterans. Com- we're get comfortable. We are podcast veterans. We're, yeah, we, we really are vets of the podcast game. So it's episode two here on the Garage Party Podcast. We've got a lot to cover today. Because we're posting this tonight, we're going to give you a UFC 250 preview later on. Some good fights going on there uh, tomorrow night in, is it Vegas? Uh, yeah, I think it's in Vegas at the PI, the Performance Institute. Okay. So no fans, obviously, once again. But it's good to have the UFC... Something to watch at least once a week. You know, you get the fight nights, then you get the UFC 250, and something to watch. And um, they've been consistent. You know, they've they're testing everybody. They they've, have been consistent. Managed to keep their product visible and going right during all of this. And I think they've done like a couple thousand tests amongst their staff and their fighters. Right, because each fighter has like a staff of like ten, don't they? Which they did put restrictions on. So, like, it'll okay. be like, you know, they can bring a training partner or two for, like, you know, getting warmed up and stuff. And then um, I think only one or two cornermen. Okay. So there's no entourages rolling in with anybody anymore, but they uh, still got what they need. Right. So uh, we'll get to that a little bit later on. We're going to preview the whole event, give you an overview of what to look for. We're going to get I'm into... What I'm really curious about is... Yeah, I, I know where this is going. So I have... Let's... Should I call it half a good answer for you and half not so good? I don't like half good answers. Half good answer, half not so good. Okay, well, if this is your first time tuning in, in episode one, titled Beer Can Chicken, which, once again, you can now find on Spotify, SoundCloud, like right? YouTube, or I iTunes. Like that, that was very good. Nicely done by you. We did not correlate whatsoever on the title but billy took the reins and absolutely hit a, a grand slam with the title of Could the it last just been episode one no now but now here's the th- here's the interesting Let's part because now you got to keep it up right so you've been able to do it once episode one can you do it with episode two yeah i think i already got a name for the next one but already go ahead nice okay no, don't go, yeah, go ahead don't reveal it yet. yeah, yeah no. so in episode one titled beer can chicken having nothing to do with beer can chicken we got into a, a conversation about whether or not Matt Damon was a child actor, and the answer was no, he was not. He had some movies early on, The Rainmaker, and he had uh, that really solid three-year stretch with uh, Goodwill Hunting, Saving Private Ryan, and Rounders three years in a row. Absolutely nailed it. But then we were able to get into a different conversation about Leonardo DiCaprio, who, unlike Damon, was a big child star. And Billy brought up a movie that he thought he knew he he's like you know what i remember dicaprio was a child actor he played a heroin addict and i said i you know i had never heard of it long story short because we live in a technological age now we looked it up on imdb and sure enough it does exist the name of the movie was basketball diaries so long story short billy knowing me and knowing that i'm not the type of person to stick to my word bet me that i wouldn't watch the movie basketball diaries before we recorded this second episode Later on in the podcast, <clears throat> it expanded to stalling. would I watch the movie Rounders, which is a movie with Matt Damon and Ed Norton. So we kind of had, would you call it a parlay going, where I had to watch both movies, but you had odds on me watching one but not the other. You said that it I was a better chance. Here, yeah, I think, again, in our, our Garage Party podcast, Notebooks, I think Billy wrote down the odds. He's going to check right now. Yeah, so I had you at 15 to 1 to watch Rounders. Okay. And then a 50-to-1 long shot to watch Basketball, Basketball Diaries. Okay. Well, you know what? You and Vegas, sir, 
right on par because that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Wednesday night, sat down around 11 o'clock at night, threw on rounders, Amazon Prime, shout out to them. Threw on rounders. <laughs> they need the shout out. They need the shout out. Nobody knows who they are. Threw on rounders. Absolutely loved every second of this movie. I thought it was great. It's very good. I really th- I thought it was great. One of the things that I wanted to discuss about Rounders specifically, John Malkovich's Russian accent. It's so terrible that it's, it's great. It's it's bad good. Right. It's uh I don't think is it a Ru- I guess he calls him the He's te- he's, his name is Teddy KGB. Yeah. So, so. he's definitely a, he's portraying a Russian person. He doesn't sound Russian. No. He sounds like John Malkovich trying to do a Russian <laughs> accent, which is exactly what which is exactly what's happening, but it's so bad that it's ac- it works. It mm. works for the movie. I I loved it. I was in on it the whole time. I like when he throws the Oreo cookies. Well, that's his tell. Yeah, he uh, you find out you find out later on in the movie. The, uh, and I'm not going to worry about giving away spoilers. The movie's 25 years old. If you haven't seen it by now, it, it might it might even be older than 25 years old. 1998. 2008. No. <laughs> it's old. I'm not going to worry <laughs> about spoilers. We'll leave it at that. Uh I really enjoyed the movie. You put it at 15 to 1 that I would watch it. I did. Now we can shift to Basketball Diaries. Which you did not watch. I did not watch. Now, my plan <laughs> was to watch it last night. And this is going to sound really bad for me because this is the the reputation that I've garnered over the last couple of years with, uh, with Billy and with some of my other friends. The reputation that I've garnered is a person who will not watch something new, but that will rewatch something that I've seen 10 million times over and over and over again. And I'm sad to admit that once again I fell into that rabbit hole. That's exactly what happened to me last night. I sat down on the couch. I was all expecting to watch what Basketball Diaries. Catch me if you can. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. It, you know, it's on. It's like, how do you turn it off? You're still a piece of shit, but yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm not arguing that, but I catch me I if mean, you can. It's on. Next you didn't thing make you know, the wrong choice, but you made a bet. I made a bet and I lost. Yeah. So the bet was a bottle of Buffalo Trace. Whiskey. Which is a phenomenal whiskey Phenomenal for whiskey. any of you other whiskey drinkers out there. Also, Buffalo Trace, if they want to sponsor us along with Weber and uh, you know <laughs> some of these other places, we're all ears. Yeah. We're all ears. The Garage Party Podcast, we're open to negotiations. You know, by all means, contact us, garagepartypodcast at gmail.com. I think we'd have to contact them. Wait, most likely. Yeah. Maybe when uh, maybe when we get to ep- – what do you got to get to? Uh, episode three for them to contact us? What do you think? We got to get big enough. What do we got to have? How many episodes before we can get contacted? I think by it's a more about conglomerate. But that's something we could talk about off the air. Off the <laughs> air. Okay. Well, I tell you what, I lost the bet. I owe you a bottle of Buffalo Trace. Now the next time we record, uh, it, I made that bet. I knew it was a you know it was a win win. Yeah, you really, you know, I was either gonna look really smart, drink a bottle of Buffalo Trace with with my friend Rich. Yep. Or I'd be proven wrong. And drink a bottle. Drink Buffalo a bottle of Buffalo Trace, right? So you were making the bet. You knew that there was a no, it was an lose situation. Yeah, yeah. Well, and sure enough, you were right. The next time we record the episode, there will be a bottle of Buffalo Trace sitting right here on the table. Well, maybe we should hit that post recording just so that things don't I get. I think during. During, okay. Yeah. All right. So God only knows what episode get three little, is going to turn into. As we get sit a here, bucket of ice. Yeah. Keep it pouring. Keep it pouring. Okay, I like that. I like that. All right, episode three. There'll be a bottle of Buffalo Trace here because I lost my bet. I did not watch Buff. I did not watch uh, Basketball Diaries. I once again decided to watch uh, Catch Me If You Can, which is an excellent film. But you know, it it got me again. It got me again. Once again, it's just who you are as a person. It really is. I, you know, 
I hate that I've garnered this reputation, but I fully understand it. It's like, you know, people are, you, you know why you got it, but I don't like it. You know, I know why people say it about me, but God, it's annoying. It's not your worst quality. It's annoying. No, I know. There's so many other worst qualities about me. But <laughs> sitting down <laughs> watching Catch Me If You Can, I mean, you know, is that really a lose? Come on. It's one of the best movies of all time. I'd say it's not a lose, but in this term, yes, it is a loss. You you lost it. I mean, I was sitting here on the couch, and when Catch Me If You Can ended, which, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a hefty movie. That's another movie. It's about two hours and 15 minutes, maybe two and a half hours. I'm sitting there. The movie's it over. It might be close to three. It might be close it's to three, movie. right. I'm sitting there. I watched the whole thing, and I sat on the couch, and as the credits were rolling on Catch Me If You Can, I said, son of See, a I bitch. I knew when you were texting I did me it to again. play <laughs> Warzone that you probably weren't thinking at all about Basketball Diaries. Yeah. I, you know what it is? And this goes back to my days in school. Uh, I'm a big procrastinator. You know, I like to put things off until the last minute. So if I know we're recording today at 4.30 and I got to watch a movie, I'll say, all right, whatever, I'll watch it at 2. And it'll end right as you walk in and we get ready to record. Instead of, ha- instead of doing it the previous three days that I had to watch the film, I don't know, it's just by the grace of God that I happen to watch Rounders. Just by the grace of God. I sat well, You were here. talking about watching that way longer than you were. Yeah, it was 11 o'clock at night. I threw it on, and then it's the kind of movie where it just it sucks you in right away, and then, you know, after that I was good. I knew I knew then that I was hooked and I was going to finish it. Did you feel out of the loop with, like, the poker references and stuff? No, no. That was one of my main concerns, and we talked about that in episode one. I am not a card guy whatsoever. I don't know anything about cards and nothing about Texas yeah, Hold'em poker, neither. which is some of the, you know, the big card games that they have in this film. But – they do a great job of explaining it to you where you don't need to know. You don't need to be able to. Uh, he dumbs it down. He waters it down. He dumbs it down. Johnny Chan, I'm assuming, is a real professional. Real, the real poker like reigning World Series World champion. Series. Yeah. Of poker. Real right? guy. You know, he had a nice cameo in the movie. A um, couple of good cameos in this movie. Michael Raspoli. Johnny Chan. Hmm. I don't know. He doesn't look like he does. If he does, maybe we can get him on for an interview. Talk about his time. Uh, yeah, let's not. Why not? What? could he possibly be doing now playing poker <laughs> making money not talking to us especially even if he doesn't talk English. that movie was like 20 years ago yeah he's probably still playing poker is playing poker the kind of job that takes you away from doing an interview yeah i think so yeah. those we'll kinds see. of guys are not doing interviews you don't think so no those guys are like Non-stop. Challenge accepted. I'm reaching out to Johnny Chance people. I'm trying to get him on the Garage right. Party podcast. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to reach out. All right. We'll see what happens. Episode three. Episode okay. three. Maybe we'll have Johnny Chan. Most likely we won't, but <laughs> hey, we're going to take a shot. I want to hear about his Even time on set with Matt Damon. Do we really want to talk to him? What's that? We just said we know nothing about cards. We want to talk to him, one of the most prolific card players. See, that might be the in for us. That might be the end. We don't want to talk about his days playing cards. I want to talk about his experience on set with Matt Damon when they're filming that scene together with the eyes staring at each other. That's what I want to talk about. I don't want to talk about his days playing poker. It's a good fucking scene. It's a great scene. Seminal moment of the film. That's what I want to talk about. We're not asking for an hour and a half of his time to talk about his skills playing poker. Nobody cares about that. It's been well documented. The guy's been a champion for the last 30 years. I want to talk about the scene in Rounders. I'm reaching out to Johnny Chan. You can you sit there and drink your <laughs> Buffalo Trace. I'm reaching out to Johnny Chan. I'm trying to get him on the show. Gladly. Yeah. We're going to see what happens. All right. We'll see what happens. If we get him, I got great. a hunch. I got a hunch. I'll write it down there. And <laughs> well, so far, <laughs> you've been down. Yeah, in, your, in your red garage party podcast notebook. I want to know what you put the odds on of us getting Johnny Chan on this program. 
Write them down in the, in the notebook because your odds for me watching rounders are good. Till next week. No, wait till next week because I don't want to know the odds. If I know the odds of stock, the I'm just gonna me. title this page. Odds. Rich. Is. A. Moron. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm putting at the header of this page. Well, that's one to one. I'm putting that in quotes. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna reach out. I'm gonna reach out to Johnny Chance people. All right. We need a we need a producer for the Garage Party podcast. If, if for nothing else, just so that we're I can. We're two episodes in. We're talking about I know. producers. If, if for nothing else, this way I can just yell at them and be like, get Johnny Chan's people on the line. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted to do that. Get, I mean, get Johnny Chan on the line. I mean, you could fake it. Yeah, I guess. The people don't know we don't have a producer. Yeah, Ralphie. Ralph, get, get Johnny Chan's people on the line. Make sure they're here for episode three. Try to do an in-person interview. We could sit on the couch and drink Buffalo Trace with us. I like, Very interesting. I like my estimate here. Yeah, I, something tells me it's not going to happen. And but it's for episode three? Now, I think if we can get him, we get him. Give me like a five-episode stretch. If who, Who's to say Johnny Chan's not booked up? All right, I'm going to keep my odds the same. I mean, it is a quarantine. If we're going to get him, I guess now's the time, right? I mean, what's he doing? Can't play poker in a quarantine. Can you? Is that a social distance sport? Uh, I feel like online is huge, but a lot of those original like World Series guys <laughs> – they don't play the online thing, you know, like their straight in-person thing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So like what a But some of those online pokers, like I was listening to this interview with, um, what's his name? Dan Bilzerian, who also made a lot of his money on uh, poker. And he was saying he just like can't even, some of the like actual real, real poker players can't even keep up with some of those online guys just based on how many, how many hands they see a day. Well, because some of them play you know, 12 to 15 games at a time. So you're seeing so many hands, your game is getting that much sharper as you go. Right. Well, my question for Johnny Chan, when, not if we get him on the program, when we get him on the program, my question for Johnny Chan would be, is it difficult to play poker online when you can't look the person in the eye? Because, the, the you know, being able to read the person sitting across from you, that's 90% of the game. If, if rounders taught me anything about cards, it's that. You got to be able to notice a tell on somebody. If you're playing online, that whole portion of the game is just taken out of context. I feel like it's almost two different genres. Yeah, well, it's n- it's not the same game. Yeah, it's it's more about the cards you're dealt. I mean, for lack of a better term, I mean the game is about the cards you're dealt, but it's more so about that if you can't actually see the person that you're playing with. I would imagine. I don't know. All good questions for Johnny Chan when he comes on the show. I mean, in some of those online things, I feel like you could still you could still bluff. You could still call like a. Uh, do all these different stra- – so some of the strategies. Can you? If you can't see You can a have person. a shitty hand and keep, you know, calling and even right. raise, and then they think you have a, a high hand, and they're going to fold. You but know, it's still the same premise. But if, you, if we're playing in person and you, every time you have a bad hand, you scratch your nose, it takes that away. And I recognize that. I'm skilled enough to recognize that. That's gone. That's what the whole point of rounders is. He's able to – Again, I'm not going to worry about spoilers because the movie's 25 years old. <laughs> uh, the whole point of Rounders is John Malkovich, was with his god-awful Russian accent, twists the Oreos a certain way when he has a good hand, and then he twists them a different way when he has a bad hand. That whole portion of the game is eliminated if you're an online poker player. But I think you, the, the premise of being able to call and bluff and this and that, 
is still the same. Like, obviously, the there's no there, tells. But it's not the same as in person. Yeah, you can't read the person. Right. Or maybe there's chat rooms and they're like, you know. <laughs> so if the person misspells a word, that's like, the you like that's their tell. Do you like Dan? Yeah. Inside joke here with uh, Billy on his uh, his Xbox days. You want to get into what that really means? They don't know about the end of the end of the end of the stick. That's right. Maybe maybe we don't drop that on Johnny Chan when he when he comes on the show. Ralph, oh, make, make sure we get Johnny. Johnny Chan, Chan is a big the end of guy. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, I think he's a big big the end of guy. You think he speaks English? Look it up. I'm I am curious. Johnny Chan he, seems like, like he doesn't have a word in the in the movie. Right, he doesn't have any lines. He just nods. And he, <laughs> he does just nod. Uh, not getting much from uh, Google search. Ed, does he speak English? <laughs> does Johnny Chan speak English? Or type in Johnny Chan interview. See what we're getting working with there. Yeah, I don't know if they're gonna be able to hear it though on the pod. Yeah, that's fine. But we'll at least see if he speaks English. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Oh, okay. Okay. Here we go. So this is just. Uh, a little blurb that Google's given me here. So apparently Johnny Chan did not speak much English when he first came to the United States, but he picked it up along the way as he attended school and acclimated to American culture. One American pastime he did learn quickly was bowling. So how about that? Johnny Chan great at bowling and great at poker. All right. Johnny Chan with the wrist. Interesting. We can ask him about his uh, his bowling career when he comes on. Ralph, you get, make sure we ask Johnny Chan about the bowling. Now, when it says 10 bracelets, is that uh? World Series of Poker, or is that a bowling thing? Yeah, see, I don't know what any of that means. I have no idea what any of, any of this means. This is all... Um, I'd imagine I'm I'd, looking. I'd imagine he's not a world champion bowler also, so that's got to be those ten bracelets. It must be... They have to be about poker. Yeah. And you get a bracelet? I guess. I think we should look that up, too. You, wanna, you yeah, want me to... Let's go- see. What does this bracelet look like? Is it a real thing? What, what, you, what do you win when you win the World Series of Poker? It's a fair, fair Google. Or you could even just type in World Series of Poker Bracelet. There it is. Oh, that's a... That's a Considered the most coveted non-monetary prize a poker player can win. Since 1976, a bracelet has been awarded to the winner of every event at the annual World Series of Poker. Even if the victory occurred before 1976, World Series of Poker championships are now counted as bracelets. Would you prefer that over a ring? I think I would. No, I'd take the ring. you take the ring? Yeah. Ring to me has more of a I'm a champion feel, where a bracelet is more like. Yeah, but I really like think jewelry. about being Johnny Chan wearing five of those. I'll post a picture of it later. Yeah, we could post a picture of it on the. Uh, five of those up each arm, holding your cards, and them just getting intimidated as they see this gold. These gold forearms. These golden forearms. Yeah, wait, t- uh, wait until he posts this picture. These things are pretty wild. Um, you know, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't know. I think for me, I'd rather have the ring. I just think about Tom Brady. Knowing you have a shit hand and looking across the table <sighs> and seeing this guy glaring you with golden wrists. Right. Pretty wild. But I mean, don't the you, rings might do the same. Uh, well, of course. Well, the analogy I was about to use, Tom Brady, six rings. I mean, you're talking about six fingers with a giant Super Bowl ring on He's them. got some jewelry. I mean, you if you get like the some of these championship rings now, you could barely see the finger. I mean, you're talking about a whole hand. Is it still Joustens who makes those? I have no idea. But you're talking about a whole hand and then a finger on the other hand, just absolutely clad in diamonds. 
Yeah. Jordan, you know, Jordan as well. Jordan as well. Six rings. That's right. So, to Bill me, Russell. I'd rather the ring than the bracelet. We can throw this up for About debate. Yogi I mean, Berra. Yogi Berra. I think he's got ten. Yeah, that would be well. Yeah, but you see, with Yogi Berra, it's a little bit different though, because Yogi, they weren't giving out nearly the type of rings that they give out these days. The rings that they give out these they days were probably are so incredible. Thirteen-time world champion Yogi Berra. Thirteen times as a player. Yeah, thirteen rings. Thirteen rings. Wow. Actually, I mean, That's as, a, as a player and, a, and and as a manager and as a coach, but thirteen rings total. Okay, so a couple. I, yeah, I think regardless, he's got thirteen rings. Yeah, but. The rings then were not nearly as pronounced as they are now. I think they were probably still pretty awesome. Yeah. Especially, I guess, now, right? Because now they they must have, like, a nostalgic feel to them. The old ones? Yeah. Yeah, probably. When right. was he? Oh, those were, like, the 60s, right? <laughs> uh, as a player, yeah, he played through the 40s, 50s the 50s, and, 60s. and the 60s. That was kind of his heyday. He coached uh, through the 70s and into the 80s a bit. Um. Yeah, thirteen-time world champion. Think about thirteen rings. You don't even have enough fingers to put that on. No. You got to have three toes wearing a ring. That's like the. Uh, there's that old ESPN. Remember those ESPN Sports Center commercials? Yeah, I had like this is uh, Sports Center. I used to love those. Yeah, they had the Adam Vinatieri one of him going through the metal detector at the airport. Oh yeah. Because he's got all the rings? Yeah. Yeah, I do remember that one. Because what, he went three with the Patriots, one with the Colts? Yeah, right. He was just pulling them out of every orifice. But that was only four. One of the greatest kickers of all time. 13. Yeah, 13. 13 I guess you wear them on a bracelet? uh, I guess. Or a necklace? Maybe you melt them down, make them into a chain? I don't know if you melt them down. That sounds like a bad idea. Yeah, it's not great. Well, hopefully we get Johnny Chan on to talk about these bracelets. I feel like that would be kind of (laughs) cool. <laughs> Ralphie, make sure that this happens. Huh? Make sure we get him on. Ralphie, make sure you uh, photocopy my notes and highlight <laughs> them for me. <laughs> yeah, make sure Johnny Chan sees his notes too, so that he knows the odds are and not then great. Lucy, of our, coming Lucy on. is our transcriber. We have a transcriber now too. Wow. Yeah, she's she's over there. Two episodes in, we got a producer and a transcriber. The payroll is growing. Yep. Couple nice. interns. Couple interns. Um, Miko. What do they do? Miko. Miko's our intern. Yeah, he's pretty good. Send a good potential from that kid, Miko. Yeah, he'll be all right. He's a good kid, that uh, that Miko. He did shit on the floor, but well, listen, you, he's an intern. That's why they're <laughs> interns. <laughs> That's why they're interns. You know. But uh, Lucy, I learn. want everything uh, Times New Roman and double spaced, please. Okay. Thank you. You're a hard ass. Hey, not great. I like my my things a certain way. You know, I like to read my transcribed notes that I'm not gonna read. Yeah, I know. Yeah. In a certain font, a certain size, and a certain spacing. I'd be happy if Ralphie just books Johnny Chan. Ralphie doesn't exist. No, he doesn't. <laughs> but neither does Lucy. The only one who actually exists is our intern, Miko. <laughs> <laughs> and he's asleep. <laughs> and he's asleep. <laughs> he's asleep on the job. All right. Johnny Chan, please come on. You know, I'm going to reach out to him, reach out to his people. I don't know how the hell I'm getting in contact with Johnny Chan. I don't know how I'm reaching out to him, but I got I got I got some time because he doesn't have to necessarily come on the next episode. He just has to be on a episode. Um, I I said next five. That's what I was giving you. Next five episodes. That's five weeks. I got five weeks to come up with Johnny Chan. I have to produce Johnny Chan in the next five weeks. It's actually sounding more and more likely. I might have to change my odds. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, think about it. What is he doing right now? What is he? What could he Johnny alive? Chan? He, Billy, take it. You don't think I checked that first? <laughs> we're going on a rant about 15 minutes how about how we're getting him on the show, and he passed away a couple of years Does ago. He speak English? <laughs> <laughs> Did we get to that? I, according to Google, <laughs> he does. He's got ten. What has he got? Ten bracelets, and he's got. Uh, I mean, millions of dollars. He's, he's got ten bracelets and a speech impediment. <laughs> he does not have a speech impediment. He may. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we find out if he does. That means that he, he came on the show. But you stay tuned. I'm going to try to reach out to Johnny Chan, see if we can get him on the show. I just wanted to, I don't want to get into a whole thing about his days playing poker. I want to know about the bracelets. I want to know about the scene with Matt Damon. And maybe a few poker questions here and there. I don't want this to be just another interview that Johnny Chan has done. I I doubt anybody has asked him about his scene with Matt Damon. Right? You think he's ever been asked about that? We've done zero research. So, Ralphie, get on this. Yeah, this is all another job for Ralphie, who doesn't exist. And uh, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, I got five episodes to produce Johnny Chan. When I say it like that, it doesn't sound as unrealistic as it probably when you really say is. It, when you say it, when you said five weeks, that's when it sounded... Oh, wow. That's a lot of time. Like, I could actually making. do this? Yeah. But then again, so. you do procrastinate. So you're going to wait till week four and a half. Yeah. And then send an email to Johnny's people and be like, any chance he wants to come on yeah. with us? If he even has a manager anymore. He's 63 years old now. But I don't think poker players age, right? They just, you know. What does that mean? Like, you could still be in your 70s and be a champion poker player, right? You're not like, oh, my God, he's 63 years old. He can't be good anymore. Mm, nah, maybe. You might you need, lose your touch. Yeah, you might need to keep, like, your, your game sharp. Mm. Well, we'll find out. I'm going to reach out to Johnny Chan. But anyway, I want to move on. We'll talk about Johnny Chan when he's on the show. Uh, let's discuss UFC 250. So sure we're going to be show. posting this episode tonight. Tomorrow night, uh, Saturday, June 6th, is going to be the uh, – the night for UFC 250 taking place in Las Vegas. Empty arena, no fans in the building. The headline here is Amanda Nunez versus Felicia Spencer. Now, you're the big UFC guy here. You've loved the sport for a long time. I've kind of jumped on the bandwagon within the last couple months, maybe the last year or so I've jumped on the bandwagon even more. To me, Amanda Nunez seems unstoppable. Am I wrong in that in that take? Right now, yeah. Uh, absolutely unstoppable. And when I looked up before, so there, this is this fight tonight, uh, tomorrow night, is for the title. It's for the women's featherweight title, which is not an actual class. Is that correct? Because Felicia Spencer, when you look up the rankings on UFC, Amanda Nunez is the champion, but there's no other featherweight women fighters. So, featherweight's a very new division. Okay. To UFC and women's MMA alone, there's just not that many women 145ers. Um, in a couple other promotions, there are 45ers and 55ers, but on the UFC roster, there aren't that many. So a lot of the bantamweight fighters, the 135ers, are also that may just be on the app if you look. No, at because it. every other uh, if you go to women's bantamweight, I mean she's also here. I guess she's she's Amanda yeah, Nunes so, has like a lot two of championships. Those, a lot, yes, a lot of those bantamweights also fight at featherweight. Like Holly Holm has fought two or three times. Okay, um, there are. Some girls who fight primarily at featherweight, so that's just a bad job by the app, honestly. Okay. Um, if you look at like a website like SureDog, is a big MMA blog that may have more um, accurate ratings. Okay. Rankings. Um. But yeah, uh, there's a lot of talk 
going on about like because Conor McGregor really started it about who is the MMA goat. Obviously, Conor said himself. Um, mm-hmm. He was mentioning you know the likes of George St. Pierre, Anderson Silva. Uh, I think he even mentioned Daniel Cormier, John Jones, guys like that. Um, what was that other guy? That tiny uh, Mighty Mouse. Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson is definitely yeah. in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, Retired now? No, he's fighting in Japan for one FC. Okay. Interesting. He actually got traded. You could UFC can trade? Yeah. So they traded Ben Askren, who is now retired, for Mighty Mouse Johnson straight up. So how did UFC get anything out of that deal? They lost one of their best fighters and got a guy who's retired. Well, Mighty Mouse was about to... Uh, approach free agency, so he might have signed with one FC anyway, just because how much they're paying people these days, and there's a lot of, you know, backlash to the UFC with the, by the way they pay their fighters. So, uh, Mighty Mouse may have approached free agency anyway. Okay. And so they just panicked and got something for him. They got Ben Askren, who was you know 19 and 0 at the time, um, and a huge, huge star over in one FC and Bellator and other promotions, but he was like supposed to get signed to the UFC a couple times and then just never did and him and Dana had like a little like you know, a feud here and there. Mm-hmm. Um and then he goes and uh fights Robbie Lawler. It was a very controversial controversial fight, controversial finish. I don't know if you saw that finish, but it was a it was controversial finish. Um it looked like Robbie Lawler was out, so the ref stopped it, but really he was fine, and the the ref ended up giving Askren the W because he stopped it, obviously. It was a, it was like a short stoppage, but mm-hmm. it, it, it's one of those things that can go either way. Right. And then he goes and fights Jorge Masvidal, and that was the fight where Jorge Masvidal produced the fastest UFC knockout of all time. It was five seconds. Five seconds. Five seconds with a flying knee. That really is extremely fast. It's one of the most remarkable finishes. You, could, If you type in Jorge Masvidal on YouTube, it's the first thing to come up, is his five-second knockout. Well, Conor McGregor knocked out uh, Cowboy in, what was that, 16 seconds? Uh, that was like 43 seconds. But he knocked out Jose, Jose Aldo in 14 seconds, which is the fastest um, championship fight finish. Okay. So I'm assuming that – But what I was going with that is – a uh, lot of talk about who's the goat in MMA, and I put Amanda Nunes in that conversation. She's right up there, right? So I, w- what I was about to say is that there has to be absolutely outstanding odds on Nunes to win this fight, but not only win it. But it's probably like minus four hundred. So I want to learn more about this Felicia Spencer. How did she get to be able to this? How did who did she beat to get to this level to be able to even challenge Amanda Nunes for this for this title fight? Uh, I haven't looked at their last couple fights. I mean, she's eight and one. Uh, so she hasn't had a lot of fights. She's only 29 years old. Um, I can look up like what her, her fights are. Yeah, but go, go to like Sherdog. She's not like a big, uh, a big name at least. Type yeah, type in Sherdog at the end of that, and we'll get her whole record and okay. career. But it's kind of just you know, there's no one else for her to fight at this point. So it looks it's like kind of like that point where John Jones got to. Okay, so she beat Megan Anderson. That's a good fighter. She beat... Uh, da, da, da. Uh, this is Amanda Nunes, right? No, this is Felicia Spencer. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, okay, so she, she fought Cyborg. She lost to Cyborg. And she beat Zara Santos. 
in February this year. So she she's on a, she's on a she's won like a decent amount. I mean she's, she's won only f- what is this nine of her last ten. The only fight she's lost is to Cyborg Chris Christino Christino. So uh, and her first fight, which way back in 2012. But I I don't even think that that was that's not even with the UFC. That wasn't even pro. Was that was as an amateur. Getting, you know, there reaches a point where you're so above your competition. Like Ronda Rousey was there too. You know, she was you know finishing everybody. Right. There's just the next person below you is just so much further below you. You, you just yeah. get these people that are just getting thrown to the ringer. Right. Well, that's what I was gonna say. It it seems to me that with the uh, with the women's classes, it just seems as though there's a champion and then there's everybody else. And but while that's the case. The top of the food chain in the UFC women's weight classes, basically all of them, can change like that. Even though that it, there's a big disparity, it can change like that. Because even in the, if you look at the last three years, you look yeah. at who's been at the top. It's been Ronda Rousey. Holly Holm was up there for, what, eight months before she got overtaken by uh, – who'd she finally lose to? Uh, it was Holly Holm. Holly Holm. Ronda Rousey. Now we have Amanda Nunez. I mean, it just seems like it's a, like a rotating door almost, but – the competition is so far and away from. Um, and then you have the champion. You're, who you're ended up leaving the UFC to go to Bellator, who got smoked by Amanda Nunes. Okay. Which I think was the fastest women's finish in a championship fight. Or it may have just been her weight class at, at Bantam or Featherweight. Right. So this is, I mean, absolutely overwhelming odds tomorrow night. Uh, on Amanda Nunez, and if you're listening to this episode, we're recording this on Friday. The fight taking place on June 6th, tomorrow night, does Saturday show, night. Does it show the Vegas odds? Uh, I'm sure we can we can pull those up. Um, it, I mean, it, it seems to me as though this is Amanda Nunez's to lose. Uh, if she goes down, would you consider this to be one of the biggest upsets in the last five years? Um. I don't know if it would be a huge upset because, like, anyone can lose on any given day. And, obviously, it's really hard to defend the belt. And at her weight class, like, the higher weight classes, the more mistakes speak, you know? So, like, a little mistake goes a long way. Okay. You know? You can get caught with one punch. But your pick is for Nunez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so while she may get caught with a punch, Nunez wins this fight, you think? I, yeah, I just don't see anyone stopping her. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to pick Nunez, too. I don't know much about Felicia Spencer. I'd love to see her pull off the upset. I think it would be fantastic for the sport, I mean, to see this girl come out of essentially nowhere. I, I mean, she's not. I and win and then fight some dudes. That would 100% never happen? What are, you, what, what are your odds on that? Where's that in your notebook? I mean, there's so much... <laughs> <laughs> so much limbo in the UFC because after this event, it really goes into limbo because of wo- every weight class, if you go down the list. So, like, if you start at men's flyweight, it's 125. Uh, Henry Cejudo was the champion. Mm-hmm. Men's bantamweight, Henry Cejudo was the champion, which right. I think there's a big ba- bantamweight fight on this tonight. Two of them. Uh, tomorrow night. Two of them. Two huge bantamweight fights. There's a few of them, actually. But uh, we'll get to a couple of those. Yeah. Still, a lot of these fighters are still quarantined in other countries. So a lot of these weight classes are getting tied up. Like featherweight's tied up because Volkanovski is Australian, so he can't leave Australia. Okay. Uh, 
55, Khabib is tied up because he can't leave Russia. Then you go. So you won't see these people fight anytime soon. Until these these travel bans are lifted. Right. And And then, like, Cejudo was champion of two weight classes and just retired on the spot. Gone. At 25 and 35. How old was he? uh, I think he was like 32. Just didn't want to do it anymore? He just wanted to retire on top. So he was an Olympic champion, two time. UFC champion, defended both belts once, and then uh, decided to go out on top. He beat the best bantamweight, in my opinion, of all time in Dominic Cruz, and then went out on top. Well, tomorrow night, this uh, UFC 250, in addition to uh, Nunez and Spencer, it looks like tomorrow night's going to be a huge night for the bantamweight class because we have three fights all on the main card, um, including one of them being the co-main headline between Cody Gorbrandt and Rafael Asanako. Is that correct? I think it's Asunkau. Asunkau? Asunkau. Then we also have Aljamain Sterling and Corey Sondhagen, and then Eddie Wineland and Sean O'Malley. Long Island's own. Which Funk, one? Funkmaster. Aljamain. Aljamain Sterling. Okay. So, huge night tomorrow night for the Bantam Lightweight class. We're going to find out a lot about Which what direction that's both headed. Both of those two fights, if, unless, uh, if Dominic Cruz is still in the mix, obviously, uh, but I don't know if he's going to want to fight any of these guys. And then, um, yeah, so it's kind of like a round robin between those four men right there in right. in the co-main and the Aljamain so fight. So, out of the three fights tomorrow, all in the bantamweight weight class, the winners, they're going to move on, uh, you would assume, to what? Like a Another number one contender fight after this? Uh, Yeah, it could be like... Or is is one of the fights tomorrow night, if one of them absolutely dominates their fight, I'm talking about like absolutely shows no flaws... Would they automatically get a title shot so in their the, next the fight? So the belt is vacant right now, so I don't, I don't, right. I don't know what their full plans are to do about that. I don't know if they fully vacated that title yet, mm-hmm. um, but that'll be a development because I don't know if either the winner of this fight will then fight someone else. Okay, but either way, tomorrow night's a huge night for the man weight weight class. Yeah, huge night. I mean, when you have three fights in that weight class, Especially all on the main, like, main like card. Like I said, it's one of the only weight classes that is alive within America that you can make a title fight. Well, both Nunez and Spencer. I mean, Nunez is from Brazil, I believe, and Spencer's She trains out of Florida. Okay, so she's been in the States the last couple uh-huh. of months. Yeah, she trains okay. at uh, American Top Team so, in Florida. Huge night tomorrow night, UFC 250. But um, also at Bantamweight, uh, Sean O'Malley there, Sugar Sean, 11-0. He's the 25-year-old phenom at the bantamweight division. So okay. with a win there, he's fighting. He's not fighting a schmuck. He's fighting Eddie Wyland, who used to be a champion at WEC back in the day, who's got way more experience, but obviously it goes a long way against uh, a young kid coming up. So that's that's a fight. That's the fight of the night, I think. This is probably uh, one of the better cards I've seen during the quarantine, right? I mean, this is... It's a pretty good card, considering the, uh, that not a lot of these the Tony, fighters. The Tony Ferguson card was was big. Okay, so th- I mean, but looking at this, but one, that I mean, also it, that one was planned for before quarantine, and then it got pushed. So like, I feel like the product was hurt a little bit because yeah. some of these guys have been training for like instead of six weeks, they were training for like twelve weeks. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think Sean O'Malley will be the performer of the night. That's a huge person to watch on this card. Okay. Yeah, I mean it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be super interesting to see tomorrow. We're gonna get a lot of information going forward about what direction the bantam weight weight class is gonna go. These the three winners that come out of that uh, weight class tomorrow night. 
you know, we just don't know what UFC's plans are. We don't know what the next steps are going to be in terms of uh, these guys getting a title shot, a number one contender spot. We don't know. So, but I guarantee you, we'll know a lot more after tomorrow night when uh, when these fights, are, when the dust settles after these fights. Um, exciting stuff. It's good to just have live sports. I mean, just something to watch. Um, you know, obviously we don't have uh, baseball, football coming back. Hopefully on time in September. We just, it's good to have something to watch. I mean, even though this is pay per view, you got to pay for it, but. It's good to watch it and just have it. I enjoyed the other night watching the Tyrone Woodley fight last Saturday. Even though Tyrone didn't show up at all. Did not show up he at all. Fight. Yeah, it was uh, super, super weird showing from him. He just didn't show up. Back-to-back losses for him now. Lost the title and then lost his, uh, Which his next His match. title fight looked the same way. Um, sometimes it happens like when these guys have one foot out the door. Like Woodley's been doing a lot of other things off, uh, out of the octagon, like um, – commentating, being an analyst. Almost like Daniel Cormier. Yeah, but Cormier still kind of kept that passion for fighting, I think. Um, but he's also just so brilliant as an analyst that he just can't, you know, turn that down. Right. But Woodley is doing some of those stuff. And he's also, like, a whole blown, full-blown, like, SoundCloud rapper. Like, he has multiple mixtapes out there. Oh, wow. So Any good? Yeah, for for someone who's supposed to be training, he's, he's pretty good he's at rapping. Pretty good. You know? It's kind of like a sneaky, like Damian Lillard, how he's like good at both. Yeah, kind of like uh, low key good at uh, rapping and also a top tier athlete in yeah. the NBA. Sometimes it happens with these guys. You know, they get complacent with where they're at, or they just uh, have one foot out the door and their mind isn't fully. Right. You know, they're you're not hungry. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine that his mind was in the right state of mind after losing that title. He held on to that for a while, didn't he? And they once they get a little bit of money too, that could be a thing. Too. Yeah, it changes a lot. But exciting stuff tomorrow night, UFC 250 live in Las Vegas, no fans, um, but it'll be good to watch. Basically, I, I'm i going to pick Nunez. I'm going to – Billy gave you his pick of the night. He's going Sean O'Malley. You think he's going to be the winner tomorrow night really uh, he'll comes get, out of he'll that? He'll get one of the performance bonus bonuses. And sure. you're going with Nunez. That's going to be your pick? Yeah. Okay. That's the easy one. And then Cody. Cody's been around a while. And then, of course, I got a root for Long Island's own Algernon Sterling. Algernon Sterling. Okay. Good stuff. Those are our predictions for UFC 250. We'll see what happens tomorrow night. We'll get some more clarity in terms of the bantamweight class. Most likely, Amanda Nunez dominates again, but we'll see if Felicia Spencer can give her a run for her money. I know Billy Billy texted me the other day. Uh, you know, we exchange text messages back and forth throughout the week as we get ready to record. And one of the things that he texted me this week was that he had some interesting baseball stats to drop on me. He, yeah, was, so uh, he was very excited about these baseball stats. I don't know what he means by this. Um, I'm very I, curious. He likes to say these down things a rabbit the show. Hole. I went down a rabbit hole. Yeah, okay. So Always dangerous. Always dangerous. I was scrolling through my Instagram feed, and I saw some posts about Cal Ripken Jr. And some stat. I don't even remember what the stat is now. Cause Not the stat that we all know, I'm assuming. That stat is all the way at the back of the rabbit hole. So I don't remember that. It's gone. Okay. The Cal Ripken Jr. stat. Yeah, it's It's gone. not the 3,000 consecutive games, I'm assuming, right? No, that's the given. That's like the given. It was, okay. it was something talking about his greatness. And I was just trying to think, like, was I, I don't remember him being that good. <laughs> How do you remember Cal Ripken? What do you remember Cal R- about Cal Ripken Jr.? I don't remember a lot about Cal Ripken Jr. I was born in 1993. That's I didn't, part of the problem. He also played for the Orioles. I I mean, I was like 10 years old. See, like, my interpretation of him was he just showed up for work every day. Well, I mean, that's what you're going to get when you show up for 2,632 consecutive games. I was very wrong, though. On what? 
his performance and his solidarity in the Hall of Fame. Numbers? Are you about to come onto this podcast and try to make an argument that Cal Ripken Jr. should not be in the Hall of Fame? No, I'm saying he's a full-blown, bona fide oh. Hall of Famer. Thank God. <laughs> full-blown. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> I didn't really question that beforehand. Okay. Until, like, I was just trying to gauge how good of a player he was at first, you know? This is what got me going in the well, rabbit hole. I mean, don't you have to be a really good player for your team to want you to play 2,632 consecutive games for them? I mean, if you stink, are they going to be like, we'll send him out there again because he's got this streak going? You could be average. You know, you could just do you could the be. minimum. You could be but average. Yeah, I, I mean, I he had over 3,000 hits. You're pulling up, yeah. You're pulling up his stats. But that could be accumulated by just playing for forever. <laughs> Not, I don't think 3,000 hits. It was, I mean, you do need to ignorance. play a long time. It was time. ignorance on my end, okay? So, scroll down to the bottom there. See his stats. All Hall of Fame bona fide stats. And <laughs> he was an all-star, essentially, every single year perennial, he played. Perennial all-star. <laughs> every that, year except his rookie year. That's popularity and fan voted, so I don't go by that. But um, 430-something home runs or something like that. He finished his career. His lifetime average was yes. average, but his lifetime batting average was two seventy six, which is above average slightly. Two seventy six is above average. Marginal, yeah, for the Hall of Fame. This is what got my wheels turning about benchmarks to be in the Hall of Fame, mm -hmm. and then a few other things too. So now, pull up in another tab, Derek Jeter stats. Before you look at them, though, who do you think? What you would take. Who do I think would be the better player if I didn't already know the stats? Yeah. I mean, Derek Jeter certainly gets more of the hype. Yeah, like, going into this, before you click that, like, who do you think has the better numbers? Because they're damn really close. Really damn close. Well, I mean, this is difficult because I know that Derek Jeter also happened to win five championships. I mean, Derek Jeter's whole nostalgia and really his whole mystique is how good he was in clutch situations in the playoffs, which Cal Ripken playing on the Orioles – he did have one World Series appearance. Yeah. I think a win also, but in that World Series, I think he had like a 150 average, Cal Ripken Jr. So clutchness, yes, you're correct, Derek Jeter. And then like obviously some of his highlights with his glove and grit and determination and just being a all-around role model, you think of Derek Jeter. But his bottom line numbers, his average is higher. His hits are, I think – couple hundred hits lower. Obviously didn't hit for power the way Ripken did. He didn't have close to 430 home runs. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he crossed home plate a couple more times with more runs. And then obviously didn't he have even close to the RBIs that Cal Ripken Jr. had. He had a better batting average. Yeah. What did he have? Like a 310? Something mm -hmm. like that? Yeah. 310. He had 1,300 RBIs where Cal Ripken had 1,600. He had... 358 stolen bases. Cal Ripken Jr. had 36. Barely, barely ever Not a base. fast guy at all. Was was uh, yeah. Old so Cal. Jeter was better on the base pads all around. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, the, two excellent players. I think a lot of Derek Jeter's mystique comes from the fact did that you he think played it was for close? the Yankees. Did you think it was this close? Uh, I knew Cal Ripken Jr. was a really, really good player. I knew he was a Hall of Fame player. Obviously, the first thing you think of. All right, so let's let's do this. What's the first thing you think of when you think of Derek Jeter? Championships? Uh, yeah, winning and, you know. Just winning, right. So that's all you got to say. He was kind of like just the, you know, the 
the all-star, the perennial all-star. You know, yeah. he was the face of baseball. Face of baseball, right. The face of baseball on baseball's number one team at a time when they were the best team in professional sports. I mean, the Yankees were and still continue to be global. They're not just in New York. They're not just in the United States of America. The Yankees are a global um, a global organization. There's no way around it. And Derek Jeter was the face of that. Calvin Jr. was the face of the Baltimore Orioles. I mean, he's an excellent player. Showed up for work Probably every day. Probably still is, honestly. Yeah, I mean, he – yeah, for sure. I think Calvin Jr. is definitely up there. But um, – So, I mean, if you're going to get into, like, certain things – Comparing of the two of them, what I look at a big stat today, I don't know if so much when Ripken was playing, is war or wins above replacement. Mm-hmm. And um, it on bi- baseball reference, it even shows where they scored in the MVP. Yeah, they have everything like listed that. right there. So yeah. uh, I think Ripken was a two-time MVP. And mm-hmm. so I started looking at this year here, 1984. He had a 10.0 wins above replacement and was 27th in the MVP racing. Where... If you go by war there. Uh, Are you trying to find out who won? So, Willie Hernandez won. You know who that is? I don't know who that is. No, he didn't win. I think it was... Uh, I don't know. That was... That's the National League. So, American League. Willie <laughs> Hernandez from the Detroit Tigers. Yeah. Ripken wins above replacement. Head above heels. Everybody. So, you're a big war guy. I think it's a, an important stat. Okay. And this, yeah, I, this I, just got my wheels turning. I go deeper and deeper inside the rabbit hole, and I go to look at what I wanted to find. What this all, you know, I may have your wheels turning in the wrong direction right now, but what I was really trying to get to was <laughs> what's the best statistical season that you've ever seen? From, From a player? Yeah. Probably Miguel Cabrera's Triple Crown. That's where my mind went first. <laughs> yeah, that would be, that would be uh, probably right. got to be up there, right, on the list. So, I mean, Triple Crown, it's only happened. That's directly where my mind went. Yeah. Was I wrong? Because I'll read well, off the way you're asking you. the question to yourself. I'm going to assume that you were incorrect. Yeah. Obviously, he was good in all areas, so it's a Triple Crown, but you have to weigh that higher. But mm-hmm. his wins above replacement was a 7.5. So, like, usually seven and higher is, you know, where the MVP of the league will be. Mm-hmm. But a, a double-digit wins above replacement stat, huge. 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 And there's, of all the years of baseball, of all the players, not that many people have ever, you know, they it happens a lot, but not that many people reach that. You right. Know, that's an elite status is the double-digit wins above replacement. Mm-hmm. And... You know, that first year was the year that point out, popped out to me, much with Rich, and because um, he just seemed like he was an unstoppable force that year. Yeah. But a 7.5 war, only a 330 average, 44 home runs, and 139 RBIs. <laughs> only. As we're getting a, an a alert on an our iPhones about the inside alert. curfew. Now, just a little uh, insight into the production prior to the show. Billy wanted to make sure that our phones were on silence. Mine so was. That, I think that overrides mine. it. I think that overrides it. It does override it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's an emergency alert. Well, we, we were told beforehand by Ralphie, nonetheless, 
uh, and Miko, our intern, to shut off our phones and make sure that we didn't hear any dinging. Because apparently in episode one, titled Beer Can Chicken, now streaming on Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Just a little plug. On and the first Google episode, Play. and Google Play for you Android <laughs> losers, the, <laughs> the, uh, apparently you heard dinging throughout the first episode, which I didn't recognize. And I listened to the podcast a couple times before we, got we actually posted on, it. So we, d- we didn't yeah, hear it we're in the room, but Mike picked it up. We're oblivious to the world. We're oblivious to Billy's opinions on war, all that stuff. Uh, but, of course, today we come prepared. We shut the phones off. We kill the ringer. And we get an emergency alert. Right I to blame Donald phones. Trump. A lot of that going around. so the emergency alert to our phone is throwing a little wrinkle into your war plans here yeah so uh i I start looking up some of the greatest seasons can we just make a little sidebar here for a second i think i might have just thought of a good title for the uh, second episode billy's war games that is pretty good it's not bad isn't it war games mine was going to be rich warnock's a huge disappointment well, that could be the title of every episode that we ever do on the uh, Garage Party <laughs> yeah, Podcast. Right. So maybe we don't pass up this war one. Yeah, no, one. I think right. war games. Um, so names that kept coming. I up can't me. get it. I just I can't get into this war. The guy I had forty nine home runs, one hundred and forty three RBIs, and however many. I mean, I can't. Barry Bonds. Uh, that's another rabbit hole. You're just ta- you're taking us from one rabbit I hole told to another. You it was a rabbit hole. Another but name. this is like a steroid rabbit hole that we're about to jump down the now, and I don't, I don't want to do this. You know what this is going to be like? Babe Ruth. What is? What are you listening to us here? What is this? I'm trying. What to is find this list? The best statistical season that ever happened in the in Major League Baseball. And then compare it to the war that Cal Ripken Jr. had. Is that what you're? No, no, no. no. I'm way past Cal. We're, Cal's done. That's that's it. what got me in the rabbit hole. That was the explanation there. So Cal's portion of this is done. Yeah, it's gone. <laughs> He lost. He's gone. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he lost. 2,632 games over 3,000 hits. He's finished. His time on the Garage Party podcast has come to an end. He didn't have the best statistical season ever. All right. So you right now, so that the fans are caught up. They've been thrown a loop. Uh, we got the emergency alert going. Right now you are listing to us the best statistical seasons of all time. I, I don't know if I found the exact one, but I'm damn close. Got to be. I mean, with some of the names you're throwing out at so me. So right now I'm leading towards Babe Ruth, 1923. Okay. So, obviously, I can't just get on the phone and call someone who watched it firsthand for obvious reasons. Well, uh, terrible at math, but most likely you're correct. It was 98 years ago, and then they'd have to be old enough to yeah remember it. And then You're looking at it like a 120-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Are there many of those? If they are, they're certainly not coming on the Garage Party podcast. I yeah, can show you that. Yeah. Probably just about as likely as Johnny Chan. <laughs> But the other stat, the other stat I've been looking at intensely is OPS plus. It's Ugh, on base God. percentage plus slugging. I hate. He just this. hates numbers. I, I hate these over zealous stats. I can't get it. it there's too right. many of them. All right. Too many of them. I feel like you know what you are. You're like this is like I'll recreating Moneyball. I'll boil it down to you. I think Babe Ruth, 1923, so far to me. Had one of the best statistical seasons of all time. Another pivot and a rabbit hole I found. Another rabbit hole. Is in all those MVP races, this one name kept coming up, kept coming up, kept coming up. His name was Bob Feller. He was a pitcher for the Cleveland Indians. He certainly was. I love Bob Feller, yes. He was known back in the day for throwing a pitch faster than a motorcycle, going like 100 miles an hour. So 
Very nice man, too. My dad met him when they went to the Cooperstown Hall of Fame, signed a ball. Lovely man. Supposedly a true gentleman. They interviewed him on the on SNY one day when the Mets were playing the Indians. He's since passed on now, but a very well name in the Cleveland yeah, community. Six or seven seasons into his career, Pearl Harbor happens. Yes. On a Sunday, December 7th, 1941. That's absolutely correct. Tuesday, he's in the enlistment office, goes to battle in the Navy, <laughs> serves as a chief petty officer, and leads 24 men on the U.S. Alabama. USS Alabama, huh? Mm-hmm. Not the one from Crimson Tide? You ever see that movie? No. Seriously? But he went to, like, Panama and everything. Like, he was full-blown. He, he was, was in he on was it. He was a war hero. He was in yeah. on it. Okay. Gets, then uh, we dropped the nuke on Hiroshima. Fifteen days later, he gets discharged on <laughs> August 22nd, 1945. August 24th, 1945. Goes out and throws a complete game for the Indians. 4-2 win. 4-2 victory. Yeah, just like that. It's unbelievable. Faces 37 batter strikes out 12. Different generation. Different generation. Now that I can get on board with. That's actually a fun fact. Absolutely fascinating that somebody – I mean, th- this is what they did back in the day. A lot of these guys went off to uh, went off to war. There was a, f- a few that got drafted too. Like I, I was looking, Ted Williams got drafted. Um, Ted Williams, yeah. Comes back a season after getting drafted and wins Triple Crown. Unbelievable. These guys were unbelievable. And, and back in, and back then, that's three I mean, three years during his prime. His war before right. he left for war was a ten point four. Try and make that rhyme even more. War games. That's the perfect <laughs> title for this episode. <laughs> and then he comes back and it's a ten point six. So he missed three or four of his prime years to yep. go fight a battle. Yeah, and still ended up with Feller uh, as well. Yeah, and but I mean Ted Williams also ended up with the most hits up until Pete Rose. Yeah, correct. And the highest, still the highest batting average ever. Recorded. Highest batting average ever. Yeah, I mean, so you know, these are very interesting facts. This I can get on board with. I can't get on board with your OPS and your wars and your your floops. It got your wheels these. turning though about best statistical season of all time. Yeah, it certainly did. I mean, there's obviously a lot of them. You just I don't mean, want to do the legwork and look at it. Oh God, the 23 Babe Ruth. You know, it's a great season. Although I mean, that's Barry, when the Yankees Barry made. Barry was right there too. Again, a rabbit hole that we can go uh, down. Steroids or not, I'm not that big on that. Yeah, I mean, Cause even talent's talent, but. I guess it's hard to tell what year he was on it and off it, or if he was on mm. it his whole career. If you look at some of the uh, the videos of him in his rookie year and his first couple seasons in Major League Baseball, he certainly looked a lot different than he did five years into his Major League career. So, I mean, it, it's you can narrow down somewhat of a timeline when he started uh, started juicing, but. You know, I don't know that these stats. I and listen, I love baseball. Uh, it's it's hard to say if it's my favorite sport because I just love football so much. But I can't get on board with like all these different stats. I, I'm very basic where I like I want to know how many your average home runs, RBIs, walks. Very important. Well, uh, the big thing with war. Me is why okay, I, I can up, get on board with war. I, that's looking important. at that stat and then the OPS plus because OPS yeah. plus what it does is it accounts for the geometry of the ballpark and adjusts. War it. does? Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, OPS plus. OPS plus. Okay. So to compare a player like Babe Ruth and Barry Bonds to one another, you have to look at something like that too. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm again. I, I really like. I didn't realize Miguel Cabrera had almost three thousand hits. He's only two hundred hits away. The um, 
Yeah, I can't really get on board with a lot with of the these stats. Season, I mean, you can go on. Yeah, you can go on Baseball Reference, and you know, a lot of these stats are are good. But then you get then it really gets into some a rabbit hole. I said it was a rabbit stuff. hole. You know, I mean, they got stats for everything on this on this uh, Baseball Reference here. Absolutely everything. It's crazy. I like to just keep it as basic as possible. I don't need to know all these crazy stats taken in like. How many times he viewed a fastball that was on the inside corner of the plate that he hooked to left field? Like, I can't. What's really a rabbit hole is they have all the fielding stats, which I don't even uh, know what some I of just, those are. I just scrolled past that. It's what it's what like every time they get the ball hit. Well, there. here you go. Let's do a little uh, a little test here. So, one of the fielding stats. I'll, I'll start you out with an easy one. E. Errors. Okay. Really, I really threw you a softball <laughs> there to start us off with. I would be absolutely shocked if you can get this one. Absolutely shocked. Okay. R-T-O-T slash year. R-T-O-T slash year? Yep. Um, <laughs> routine plays? Something about routine plays? Not even close. Are you going to tell me? Total zone, total fielding runs above average per 1,200 innings. I don't even know what that means. I don't even know what that sentence means either. It gives you a little description. The number of runs above or below average the fielder was worth per 1,200 innings. How do they calculate what a fielder is worth? What is that stat? I don't know. How this do you this is where they get crazy. This one's a little bit easier. DP. Double plays? Yeah, double plays turned. Even that, like how do you give someone a double play – is it you have to be part of the double play, or do you have to? I guess you're just involved in it, right? Yeah, I guess because how often do you have a double play where it's one person handing both yeah. balls? Um, here we go. Let's try this one. RF slash nine. <laughs> no idea. Uh, that is something the, per nine innings. Yes, that's correct. But what's the RF? Uh, routine. Flies. Routine flies, huh? Range factor. Range factor. Range factor. Put outs and assists so like slash innings played. Ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. This makes me want to throw my, my, my Mac through the window. That's what these stats do. This is the rabbit hole you went down? Yeah. I would get I, – I'm angry after five minutes of looking at this. I mean, you see my uh, hieroglyphics on my screen? Look at this. You came prepared with these notes. I like your Bob Feller uh, sub note right there. That was the important one. Huge, huge, absolutely astonishing. A lot of these guys went off to the war. You think about what their careers would have been had that not even been the case. Yeah, Feller lost out on four years. Ted Williams. Yeah, so many countless others too. Yeah. I mean, so many of those guys went off to war. Wild stuff. Absolutely wild stuff. Well, before Billy took us down this rabbit hole, got me all annoyed about uh, <laughs> what the hell is this again? When this is. Yeah, I mean, just ridiculous. Range factor. They could take their range factor and uh, stick it where the sun don't shine. That's how I feel about range factor. Yeah, not a oh, fan. There's one other update. What do we got? We got one other conversation to have. We're close on the garage. We're close on the garage. Right, that's right. You told me that this morning. I got a phone call from you this morning. Close on the garage means what? Within a week? Uh, I would hope so. Okay. So you're hopeful that within a week I thought it would have been we'll today. be in the garage. Like, I thought I was that close, but. Wow. Okay. All right. I like it. I mean, if I if I don't hear anything I mean, from Super. Did you let 
the people know that we are the Garage Party Podcast, maybe that maybe that pulls some influence. You're right. I should, probably should have mentioned Drop that. that name. Yeah, you're right. We're big time now. We have two episodes down. Just finished our second episode. This is our second episode. We discussed War and Johnny Chan. If that doesn't get us the garage, I don't know what will. <laughs> <laughs> we got donuts. It's National Donut Day. We did. Doology. Thanks to Doology today for the oh, donuts. Flinbrook? Took over to right out there to Limbrook. Right? Is there one in uh, Farmingdale? Uh, there's three locations. There's uh, one in – let me get this right because they did a good job. They they really did a good job with the donuts today. Shout out to Doology. I want to make sure that we get this correct. So their locations listed I feel like there is one in Farmingdale are over by uh, Lindbrook. Like Croxley's and all that. Let's make sure. We'll go to their website. We'll go to their uh, – make sure that uh, we're getting them the correct – the correct shout out okay so here you go lindbrook babylon and atlantic highlands which i believe is jersey okay so now from so the, three locations uh, for Doology. oh i'm thinking of flux donuts so <laughs> Doology, ignore me yeah just listen to rich Doology, lindbrook babylon and atlantic highlands and they can do so the way i did it today i went up there you place your order on doordash you go right up to the door they bring out the box give it to you and that's it Great job for National Donut Day. I was there early this morning, picked it up. Uh, absolutely delicious donuts. They really hooked it up today. Um, hopefully, I mean, again, we discussed this in episode one. I, I hope, you know, Billy claims we're close on the garage. It's possible we could do the show from in there. If not, we'll keep doing it right here from the couch. Um, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Uh, episode two in the books. Once again, make sure you follow us. Uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube. Google and Play. Google Play, which I will never remember, just out of spite for the Android people, I will never remember that. So from now on, whether it's episode two or episode 200, you're going to have to say Google Play because I'm never going to remember that. I think from now on we could just say anywhere you get your podcast. Cause I you think, think? I think we're basically everywhere. Anywhere you get your podcast. It has a better sound to it. I like it. Anywhere you get your podcast, you can get Garage Party. Yeah. How about that? That sound nice? Anywhere in the world. If you have a phone, if you don't have a phone, if you have a computer – if anything, you all you really need is some type of internet connection, us. and you can you can listen to us. Yeah, if you search Garage Party Podcast on anything. Yeah. Also, I want to shout this out too because not only did Doology do a great job hooking up the donuts today, you can also. He's I don't really know, trying to get the sponsor. I don't know why. Yeah, for sure. I don't know why you would <laughs> want to do this, but if you want to, you can go to our YouTube and actually watch me eat one of the donuts. We filmed it right before we began this pod. There's a vlog. There's a vlog. And if you want to watch Billy eat pizza, you can watch that as I well. I didn't record my, myself eat pizza, but. Just make it. Yeah, just make just it. Okay. it up. All right. It's better than nothing, right? Yeah. So if you want to watch us make pizza and eat a Doology donut, uh, be sure to go to our YouTube. Is that where you're going to throw that? Yeah. Okay. So that's going to be on our YouTube. We're going to try to do this. I want to try to do it maybe like three or four times a week. We do a different vlog, just kind of give you guys an update on what's going on. Uh, basically in our lives, we really have absolutely nothing to do. You're just going to see us walk around our homes because we're in quarantine. And if you're somewhat interested in that, maybe you should get checked out some mental help. If you want to watch us eat a donut and make pizza, but if you are interested in it, it might get more views in the podcast. It's very possible. If you are interested in it, go to our YouTube, check out our vlog, which is also uh, garage party podcast, also garage party podcast. And again, be sure to subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. We'll be back with episode three. Uh, on Friday, we'll with be Buffalo sure to Trace drop whiskey. that with Buffalo Trace whiskey. We'll be sure to uh, have a bottle of that. I'll be sure to have a bottle of that because I lost the, the bet to Billy. I really should have saw that one coming. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. 
But anyway, that's episode two, two in the books. We'll see you for episode three in a week. I'm Rich Warnock. I'm Billy Pop Manuel. Thanks for tuning in, guys.